0: Love Talk Radio.
1: I'm your host, Jonathan Mitty. And before we get into everything, I just want to announce, you know, to let everybody know this is the 50th uh, show, I guess, and, uh, of you know, of Fred's Roundtable, as well as the fifth year anniversary. And on top of that, it is the last episode of the season. Uh, We'll pick it back up in the fall. So I figured we'd, we'd go down with a pretty good bang. Um, we've got an uh, we've got my co-host uh, who will be joining me on my next podcast, all about acting, which starts um, on Blog Talk Radio, starts on Thursday. So, um, please at at the same time, please welcome uh, uh, Laura Jean. How you doing, Laura?
2: Hey, how are you? It's been a good week, and happy Easter, happy belated Easter to everyone out there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, we've got, uh, Dustin Hubbard on the line. He's been on the show a few times on this one. I think you're probably the, you know, the, other than like my co-host and stuff, you've been my like returning, uh, uh, person here. Uh, how are you doing Dustin?
0: Hey, I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back as always.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we also got our special guest for the night, Ted Nicolau. How are you doing, Ted?
3: I'm doing well, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
1: no problem. We're we're excited. Um, so I guess um, since this is a roundtable discussion, basically we talk about film and filmmaking <laughs> here. I always like to ask the like, the big question of, like, what got you into becoming a filmmaker? So, uh, Ted, why don't you start us off? Like, tell us what got you into doing this.
3: Well, I think it all started for me as a kid on Saturday afternoons. My dad would take me to see science fiction and horror movies at the local cinema, um, like Saturday matinees. And between that and kind of the, the midnight uh, horror shows on saturday night television you know i kind of developed a love for films of fantasy and then uh, went off to college thinking i was going to be a doctor and was preparing for to become a doctor and a friend took me to see juliet of the spirits of the fellini film and that film kind of blew my mind and i had been a musician i was a musician kind of leading up into college too and i saw uh Movies as a way that kind of incorporated music and storytelling and words and imagery and everything that I really loved. So I saw Juliet of the Spirits, and then uh, the next weekend we went to see uh, Bergman's film, The Seventh Seal. And those two films just kind of hit me so hard that I switched from pre-med into the film department.
1: Great. And uh, I guess um – we'll get into uh more of like how you got into full moon and stuff in a little bit but uh dustin how did you get into filmmaking
0: you know i grew up in a house where we pretty much watched horror movies from as far back as i can remember i remember going and seeing poltergeist when i was two years old (laughs) and it scared the hell out of me (laughs) but uh I liked, the, I liked the feeling and, you know, I I just became one of those kids that was always watching horror movies on cable, got into the, you know, the video renting thing and spent most of my childhood and teenage years just renting anything I could find primarily kind of like leaning towards a lot of the, the Full Moon Library and a lot of the earlier Empire stuff uh, was what really kept me going and stuff and I just ended up at the right place at the right time with some people that... We all just kind of decided to try and wing it and make a movie. I don't have any uh, (laughs) formal training or schooling as far as film is concerned, so it's all been uh, very fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants, learn-as-I-go kind of thing. But uh, I produced my first movie about 10 years ago and have just kept cracking at it ever since.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, Laura, I know you've got... um... You know, I know you got some questions for these two gentlemen,
2: Um, guys. Well, I I have been I know I've I've been following both of you, you know, just through social media and stuff, and um, I just wanted to ask, you know, kind of going on the question, uh, piggybacking off the question just answered just through one, and I would love for you guys to just uh, each one of you go through. And tell me, what was your favorite project that that you've worked on thus far? And, um, you know, your reasons for that or if if all of them are your favorite projects. And if you've had any um, good experiences or bad experiences on these projects, and and through that, what advice would you give to the people listening?
3: (laughs) Dustin, you want to go first?
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because
3: I could talk a long time on that subject. Yeah,
0: (laughs) That's a beefy one,
2: I mean i, I, well, I just think also with like what's going on recently in the in the film industry. it's always nice to you know, like, to like to hear what, what you know goods and good things and bad things and you know where to take it, and also like you know going back on that, it's always nice um for your followers to know which project that you love working on and why you know. <laughs>
0: I mean, okay. with current current projects for me, I had produced uh, a werewolf movie last summer that's premiering in a month in Canada called Life Animator, which, kind of from a title standpoint, takes a cue from Reanimator uh, about a person who transforms into a bloodthirsty, slimy werewolf using glowing green fluid.
1: <laughs>
0: and to shoot <laughs> on that was great. I worked with loads of great people's movies. Uh, coming out very, very good. I'm very proud of it. It's actually one of my favorite things I've done so far, so I'm very excited to see it premiere next month. Um, And and some of the older stuff, the one that I – another one I'm super proud of is Slaughter Dar, which we shot about six years ago in New York with my good friend Nicola Fiore, where she played a former beauty queen who – uh, gets left at the altar and has a breakdown and spends some time in an institution. She gets released just in time for her overbearing mother's wedding. And yeah. she snaps and <laughs> shows everyone her fury at the wedding. So <laughs> that one came out very, very positively. As odd as that might sound. And I, I think the final product was really solid. And I'm very proud of it too, because everyone on that one as well really worked their asses off. So.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah, for what me, you, uh, basically every film is sort of a different sort of a struggle, and every film has certain moments that I remember forever. And the my, probably my favorite movies also involve kind of the most difficulties. I think, um, uh, you know, subspecies, of course, the very first subspecies was done under the most kind of difficult conditions in post-communist Romania just a few months after the revolution and so it was a film made with like almost no resources and you know the the negative the film stock was coming from the states and coming late all the time and so there was never enough film to shoot for a day's shoot and the crew was uh, rebelling all the time and the actors were drunk on their asses all the time (laughs) Uh, so but the but the making that film, I mean, basically, it drove me so crazy, I started keeping a journal kind of uh, of kind of the daily tribulations of the movie, which is a really great read. Um, But so uh, from that struggle, though, I just kind of dug in my heels and determined that I was going to do the best I could with the movie, even under the most difficult circumstances. And it ended up being a movie that... uh, you know, I ended up with a great friend in Anas Hove and great friends in uh, Vlad Paunescu and Juana Paunescu, who now own Castel Films in Bucharest. Uh, he was my cinematographer, and she was the camera, op- ca- uh, the costume designer. Uh, so I, I'd have to say Subspecies probably my favorite. The most wonderful experience of uh, making a film was uh, Terror Vision, shooting in Italy and living at the beach and shooting in the old Dina de la Renta studios. Um, but the the way that film was received by the press when it was first released was so uh, uh, devastating to me that, you know, it sort of obliterated all the pleasure of making the movie for quite a few years until, you know, years later it, it has managed to maintain its kind of cult celebrity, uh, which has yeah. been real satisfying. And then I think the most spiritually satisfying movie I got to make was uh, Dragon World, the kids' movie. Um just because working in England and working with English actors and the story of that film was just so emotional and powerful that you know for me that was really satisfying so that's my long story
1: that's awesome, and a lot of these can actually be viewed on full moon streaming. am I correct uh yeah,
3: I think dragon world Charlie still doesn't have the rights back yet, so that's a that's still kind of a hard one to find but Terror Vision, I think he has again, and um, Screen Factory put out an amazingly beautiful Blu-ray a few, a couple of years oh. ago, and uh, so that film, as hard as it was to to get for many years, it's pretty easy to see now, and for sure Charlie shows uh, the subspecies films.
1: All right, um, okay, so I, I have to ask, um, so. You know, you've worked on the full moon movies in the Empire studios uh, back when, you, before Empire, unfortunately, you know, went belly up. Um, did you, like, did you feel much of a change when you went from one to the other?
3: Yeah, it was, uh, Empire was sort of char- the the height of Charlie's, of the money that he had to spend on movies, the money he had to pay Cast and so you could get kind of semi names. The the kind of fantastic vibe at the at the building itself with Stuart Gordon working there and um, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo and and you know just the whole uh, working system there at Empire was a great thing. And then uh, I was over in Italy uh, a doing pre-production on a film that was going to be called Space Sluts in the Slammer or Space Cadets or something. It was a really funny kind of sex farce in space when we got news that uh, Empire was closing its doors. And so that film never got made. Um, And then it was, you know, it was like almost a year later, it seems like, before Charlie called me to come back and work on a movie at Full Moon. Uh, and yeah, the budgets were like, you know, a third of what we were, half of what we were making the movies at Empire for, but still they were better than the full moon of today. You know, you could actually make a film and especially going to Romania, you could make films really inexpensively there, um, and then when uh, Moonbeam the the kids label kind of went into business with Paramount the budgets were pretty decent again for a short time so yeah the the struggle of making movies for Charlie even when he had money for Empire there was always you always ran up against budgetary constraints
1: right right uh um uh, and and Dustin um you probably have had that kind of problem, issue with doing independent films is where, you know, the the budgets are, you know, not as near as good and you have to be creative. Uh, can you talk a little bit about projects that you work on that, that kind of fit that, you know, um, I guess, description?
0: Yeah, I mean, no, overall, a lot of the stuff that I've worked on has to call them independent with, you know, you know, like <laughs> independently produced as being kind, they're of very uh, in the truest form micro budget because it's always, you know, sprinting and saving and borrowing and, you know, and working off little, little to nothing and having to be really creative and innovative and trying to find, you know, the most talented people who are suited to the jobs that can you know, bring twice as much on, you know, a tenth of the resources to try and deliver something that's great and that people can enjoy. So, uh, you know, I mean, there were probably some of the higher-budgeted things were things like The Haunting of Mia Moss was actually had a pretty solid budget behind it. So things, you know, were very comfortable through that, but usually on, (laughs) especially like some of the, you know, the the ones I mentioned earlier, like, like Animator and Slaughter Daughter, even things like Victimized, uh, they, you know, like I said, the budgets were a lot of it was out of pocket, and from family and friends and just different people that, you know, personal contacts that believed in the project or in us and uh, was willing to gamble some of their cash on it, so like I said, just in the truest sense micro-budget, so Nothing anywhere near the level of uh even the lowest budget Full Moon's had, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe one oh, or man. two of the lower budgeted ones at Full Moon's done, you know, But uh, I won't I won't name names on which films those are, so <laughs> But
2: you know, <laughs> I feel our, you know I talk to a lot of filmmakers, and, and, and the projects I've been working on, it's the same kind of thing. It, it's very low budget, but we've learned to get very creative. You have to. And, and I think that's when you also know uh, find out which people you you really know you can work with uh, again, because it's like, hey, we can work on this really low budget project together and do all this work together, that when it comes, when there's a higher budget, it's a little bit easier, like, oh, okay, if I can get through that, project with them, but I could definitely get through a bigger project, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. it's such a great learning experience, and, I, you know, it's really fun, and I always say, like, you know, to all of, um the, you know, fans and filmmakers that are listening, um, if you're, or if you're just starting out, and you're, you, your question is, is like, how do, I, how do I learn? Sometimes just diving in and getting your hands on, like, being a grip, or being a, you know, production assistant, just getting your hands on any type of work, you kind of learn the process of that, you know.
3: It's really great. Yeah, I think making any movie is a great privilege and, you know, should be a real pleasure, you know, to, to yeah. get to work with friends and create something, you know, uh, out of nothing. So, yeah, a, and the more imagination you have to use to replace money, I think that's that's a good thing, you know.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes it turns out, like for me, I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of horror, one, because of the classic, you know, uh, horror, the less CGI, the more special, great, you know, you know, practical effects is what I love. So when you have a low-budget film and these, you know, these indie films are forced to use practical effects, I'm like, well, sometimes it turns out a lot better looking than it would have if you would have done CGI with, you know, Certain things, you know, um, and, and in that aspect, it, it kind of forces uh, it production companies to to do something that they didn't think would be so, but of ends up ends up looking fantastic, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, I I prefer shooting films in real places to to yeah. creating things in CG.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, like like when you look at all the old full moon movies and even the, especially the empire stuff, with, you know, the castles and the different sets that they have and locations that they have, you know, um, you know, they don't have a green screen and they're not doing it like Robert Rodriguez style where everything is, you know, like is, is made that way. It's, it's made like, you know, independently it's, it's made on your own, you know, uh, in your own house or in a, in an awesome castle or something, you know, like that to me is, is cooler.
3: Yeah. You're forced to take real spaces and make those spaces have some story meaning, you know, and that's a lot, a lot more difficult and kind of uh, more of a challenge, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Laura, did you have another question?
2: well i I you know I'm gonna do something you know a little bit slightly different because of the special episode, and you know we always go on about, you know obviously you're through what you've worked on what you've done, all these things but what's also great is, is that we don't really ask as much is uh the things you like to do outside of film like anything anything else that you do or or you know is there something <laughs> else that you do? in the art world as well or not like are you are you you know playing tennis are you playing video games or like what are things that you like to do also to how about that to inspire yourself like when you're sitting down and you're you know you're you've done a 12 hour day 14 hour day 20 hour day and the things you like to do to unwind I guess is what I'm asking is um, for both of you you know um, that and I think that would be a great question because you haven't you haven't done that yet what is the what what mm-hmm. do you
0: do to wind
3: yourself. How about that? <laughs> Go for it, Dustin.
1: Right.
0: You know, usually after really long, uh, exhausting shooting days, honestly, some of the, the best therapy for me, mentally, as layman uh, cliche as it sounds, <laughs> is, is I, I have to sit down and just unwind with some movies. Honestly, when we were shooting like Animator, a lot of the unwinding after we finished shooting was sitting around at my house watching full moon movies all night long. Oh, so, uh, it just it, gets, it helps legitimately get my mind in in the right place, and uh, you know gives me the proper uh, inspiration and kind of gets me recentered <laughs> mentally. And because uh, uh-huh. because when we're shooting, I just I can't usually personally I can't you know stay too uh, relaxed because I'm the producer on set, so I'm always you know worrying about. 30 different things because we only have a small handful of people to execute stuff and we've only got, you know, X amount of time to do it. So once all that's done, (laughs) I just, I (laughs) kick back with some junk food and I sit and watch, you know, independent horror movies. So (laughs) that's
3: funny. (laughs) Yeah. for, For me, I love working. And so the, that's, a lot of what i do is is you know film related work and then uh in my spare time i either will write uh screenplays or something uh or play guitar is my kind of is the thing that nurtures me spiritually is just playing guitar and singing close the door and just like rock out uh and uh, walking my dog, of course, is like a really relaxing and energizing thing.
1: Oh, yeah. my God, yes. yes. Nice. I feel the same way.
3: <laughs> but um. music for me is like the, the the main secondary artistic outlet.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. I, you know, it's always nice hearing that because um, for both of you, you know, it. it I don't think people talk about, the reality of their life, a lot, you know, on podcasts, and I'm always like, why don't we just get people to talk about yes, you know, the the downtime, the chill time. And it's always nice, you know. My dad, he's a musician, so it's nice to hear like the music. You know, and music is big, you know, for any artist and for films too. Sometimes I'll listen to a song, and I'm like, oh, that gives me an idea, you know, or for things yeah. like that. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome.
3: Yeah, music's like the art that directly affects your heart and soul, you know, it's the most pure art form, I think.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, now, I guess uh, we've got, just so everybody has got eight minutes until the, like, it, it ends live. So it'll cut off live, but everybody can come back to it later and listen to the rest when we're finished. Uh, it's about a 45-minute show. Um, so I like, i I We'd like to talk about um kind of uh what inspires you as a filmmaker. Um what what gets you guys going through the day to to make movies? I guess we'll go with Dustin first. What what is the what is the thing that um inspires you the most as a filmmaker? Uh
0: In a lot of ways, the same things that inspired me to want to do it in the first place, it's the movies and the filmmakers and things like that. A lot of those memories uh, that kept me so happy as a kid, that's what makes me want to really push to try and do things like this, even when the struggle can be uh, an uphill battle. But uh, those, those things are memories that I hold really dear so that pushes me and in recent years honestly a lot of the people that I've worked with because in the last two or three years I've actually had the privilege to work with some really great people that have begun to inspire me and really make you know push me to want to actually do more stuff and just keep active so and make great stuff with the people I love so yeah Yeah, for for
3: me uh, for me, the making films, even the short films, long films, anything is like a real complex puzzle of human personalities, technology of camera and sound, and the artistry of acting and the kind of placement of camera against backgrounds and the the challenge of kind of balancing all of those things is kind of what inspires me. I love to work with actors. I love to try to solve problems of where the camera goes to tell the story in the most effective way. And um, telling stories, getting to tell stories with imagery and people is kind of the thing that that inspires me the most.
1: Okay. Well, have you... Yeah, have you ever had like um because you talking about working with actors and everything. Have you ever had like uh like unruly actors and people that are kind of tough people to work with? Uh,
3: yeah, subspecies was I mean, uh TerraVision was no unruly actors. Everybody was very professional and was really into it. Subspecies was the first time that I had taken young actors out of Los Angeles, put them in the most weird and disturbing kind of place, and hotels, and uh, the country of Romania in 1990 was the most sinister sort of a place, and a bottle of wine cost a dollar, and it was pretty decent wine, and (laughs) the actors were so unhappy to be there once they realized they were going to be there longer than their initial contracts had stated uh, everybody was trying to get the hell out of their contract and so the whole movie became kind of trying to keep everybody focused on the work even as they were freezing their asses off in these cold locations Uh, Living in hotels uh, with very sinister people around, eating food that was not very palatable, getting drunk as a skunk every night, uh, and working in a place where nobody really spoke English, so you had to work with a translator. So so the unruliness of that group of actors, I had one actor threaten to break my scrawny little neck another actor swept a bunch of wine bottles and wine glasses off the table and told me to shut the fuck up. Uh, So, yeah, it was uh, uh, the most – it reduced me to tears on one occasion. Uh, And that was the the point at which I realized, okay, you can never let actors kind of get too much control, you know, because they are – uh, you know, actors are watching out for themselves. And, and I don't, and, and some of these actors have become really good friends of mine after the after the fact of that movie because uh, I yeah. sort of understood their frustration, you know. But that was probably the most unruly cast I ever dealt with. Yeah, I've
2: really oh, done uh, with actors. Like, uh, you know, the one thing I, you know, being an actor, um, producer myself, um, the one thing I love working, uh, I love working with actors that understand, the whole, like, the whole set, what everyone's doing. Because when you work with people that, with, with actors that understand that they're just supposed to, you know, do that, like, everyone has their role. You know, everyone has, you know, it's a family, it's a thing that comes together and then makes this project. And when you work with actors that understand that, that's when they're very, you know, they respect where they're at, they do their job, they're professional, they understand what they're supposed to do. And I find when you get actors that think, you know, the, you know, like for me, I went to film school, so it's like, you know, I like, I know how to do a bunch of things. So I end up trying, you know, I do a bunch of things. I'm always like I'm doing a hundred different things at once. So I understand the business side of every, everyone involved and what they have to go through. But when you get actors that, you know, just kind of like, well, I've just decided to do this, and now I think I'm, you know, hot shit. And, you know, I'm an actor, and it's all about me, me, me. That's when you get some issues. And so I've always found, like, you know, when I find people that understand that boundary and the respect, I'm like, okay, I want to try to hire them or stick with them and act with them because we're just there doing our thing just like everyone else is. And it's very, you know... I guess it goes amounts to being humble, right? Like you know, as long as you stay humble and do your job, you'll do
3: a good job. Um, yeah, yeah. everybody is exactly. important on the film set. Everybody's equally important. Actors are. I mean, they they've got probably the most difficult job, so you have to give them some shelter, you know, from all of the difficulties that are surrounding them. But yeah. but yeah, they have to understand that that it's all you know. Everybody has a job to do.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Dustin, did you have any experiences like that at all?
0: Um there there is one specific project where I had a uh, overseen uh everything being put together and a certain um, talent was brought on, on board in front of the screen, uh, that was progressively difficult leading into it and I warned the filmmaker uh that it could be a problem and uh we got there and the person arrived and it was you know, that classic unruly actor type of scenario where the person was just extremely rude, very difficult, wouldn't do what they were asked um uh, after the first day <laughs> demanded uh over double their salary before they could work uh-huh. the next day. Uh, um, you know, and it, it was it was a rough shoot, you know, and it we ended up having to Really pull together as a team and make the hard decision, then let the person go because it wasn't going to work out. And they were very much a bully, and you know it was it was a, it was hard, a very hard situation. We let them go and yeah. continued shooting out for the next two days. And when all was said and done, we looked back at it and said, you know, just really not going to work. Then you know. We ended up; uh, the project was sort of re-envisioned, and it ended up having new life under a different title with a really um, strict script. You know, a handful of really tight script revisions, uh, and got completed under a, a different title. <laughs> the The first, right. the first shooting experience for it was definitely one of the most nightmarish things I've had to deal with. <laughs> Filmmaking should be fun, you know. I, I understand the plight yeah. of. Actors, they do really do have the most difficult job on us. I think I've had small, tiny acting roles, and I don't personally—I I don't like acting. I find it far too stressful for my nerves. But uh, you know, they—they they get my full respect because it's a hard job, and not everyone can do it. I sometimes question, you know, that I could do it when I did it. So, uh, but uh, it's yeah. It was a difficult yeah. situation, but thankfully there was a silver lining in the long run. So, yeah. Oh,
3: I also worked in India with uh, on a movie that never got completed with Sean Young and Rutger Hauer. And Sean Young was a handful, too. Very demanding and very difficult and very uh, kind of hard to steer in the right direction.
1: Oh, wow. I think I've heard about I think I've heard that she was difficult to work with but then uh uh I didn't know any sir sort of situations, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Um, but
3: hard on uh, her fellow the, actors, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That
2: it kind of sucks. Yeah. It's hard to hear that sometimes. I was going to say, it's hard to hear that sometimes, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there are, you know, with every project, you know, I have knock on wood, every project, you know, I've been an actor in all the projects I've been in, and I've never had an issue with any anything. I've loved everyone I've worked with, but, you know, I always hear these stories that there's always like, you know, oh, there's that one person, or there's that bad egg, or there's a couple bad eggs, and it's rough, and I understand how hard it is, and um, to have to deal with that Or I don't understand Because I haven't been in that situation yet But one of these days I will be in But that's why it's good to hear these stories And hear how you guys handled it Because it sounds like you guys handled it pretty well And, you know, you still respect the other person Or whatever And, um, you know, kudos to you guys For going through situations like that And, you know, still keeping your head on straight And, and still not, you know, not hating on that person Or hating on whoever but you know, like you said, you're, you're friends with the people from subspecies, species, and you know, um, you know, you kind of you go past it because you're like, well, that was that time, you know, that was then, that was that situation. I'm 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 big on that. I'm big on like, you know, we all have our bad days. We all have our bad days. You know, mm-hmm. Things go through, and uh, you know, we work through it, and then hopefully we all learn from it and do something better together yeah so, mm-hmm. i
3: think when you go through difficult challenging experiences with people it naturally kind of brings you together in the end yeah. you know and you so and hungry. after it's over you forget all the bad things and you just remember the nights of pleasure you know
2: absolutely <laughs> e- eating
3: a salami sandwich or drinking a bottle of wine you know <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> sounds so good right now i'm so
3: hungry
2: <laughs> you you're making
1: her thirsty, Ted. <laughs> thirsty. Um uh, so okay, well it's about 10 minutes till we're done with, with the show. So um let's talk about what what's going on now with you guys. Um I guess uh, Dustin, what what what's up with you now? Um what projects do you have um that are that are floating around? Uh
0: well, we have the big uh like animator premiere in April, and, you know, at the end of this month in Canada, uh, on the 6th, actually, in just under a week, uh, we start production on a little monster homage to, you know, in the vein of, like, ghoulies and critters and that type of thing uh, called Slimoid, which actually will have Brink, Brink <laughs> Stevens, Uh, So that's pretty exciting. Um, and... You know, there's there's a couple other things brewing uh, for later this year, but there's nothing nothing's really in in concrete yet. So I don't want to get anyone uh, watching for something that you know might not happen right away because uh-huh. yeah, the money the money struggle is real. So, uh, but uh, there's, there's other stuff definitely in in process. So nice, nice. Oh, what about so- you,
1: said?
3: Uh, for me, lately the last few years i 've been doing uh little bonus feature kind of documentaries for the Disney company doing you know telling the stories of Walt Disney and the artists that worked at the studio and the you know kind of the oh, golden age of disney uh, so that 's been really interesting you know kind of getting my brain around kind of the documentary form and also you know, just telling stories of this incredibly creative studio. So that's kind of been the way I've been making money. Um, And I have a screenplay that a producer, a friend of mine, is trying to uh, get some cast attached so we could raise the money for a a movie called uh, The Girl by the Lake that's a supernatural shocker with a, you know, twist ending that should blow your mind uh, about a haunted uh, lake. So... Uh, hopefully oh, nice. that will come about in the next year or two, I'm praying, you know.
1: Nice. All right. <laughs> See, that's that's awesome. the struggle, you know. Like you look at a guy like you, Ted, who's obviously had a, a pretty good track record of a lot of different films, some of which, you know, have smaller budgets and some of that have bigger budgets, you know. And, yeah. uh, and looking at that, you still struggle on trying to, to raise money.
3: You know, not just yeah, no, it's of, not. It's not easy for anybody, and it's especially hard. You know, I did a lot of movies for it with Charlie Band, and uh, you know, the at some point I should have stepped off that bus, but I didn't because I kept getting kind of interesting <laughs> movies to do with him. Uh, so, so you know, it sort of has been a struggle to to kind of break out of that world. You know.
2: Yeah. I love the
3: horror film world, you know, so I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be the one to say that I'm glad you didn't step off that bus because you made yeah. so many good ones. <laughs> I'm
3: yeah, I had glad a, you're,
1: you continue to go. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, it was fun, man. It was fun. And I did do a movie a couple of years ago, a film for a yoga community in Northern California that oh, – It's like this intentional community that's been there since the 60s. So it it was so kind of a dramatic documentary. Uh, So that was kind of way out of my world of horror, you know, and kind of, I guess, was some kind of karmic debt needed to be paid (laughs) for all the horror (laughs) films, you know.
2: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I was actually just thinking, putting out there, you said you needed, um, are you... For this lake movie, you're you're looking for people to put money into or you need, like, somewhere to shoot or whatever. But um, if you ever do need it, I just moved to an area that's like um, I got I have 30 acres of property that also has next to the Lexington Dam, like a giant lake. Wow. So if you ever, yeah, if you ever, you know, hit me up on Facebook or whatever. I think I sent those you guys. I think I'm already friends with... That's yeah. Good. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, yeah, I tried to apply a request. But yeah, if you need a talk or whatever, hit me up. And I'm so down to let you just play. Come up and play. It's in Northern California and San Francisco in the Bay Area.
3: Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes, for sure. <laughs> I'm offering it to you, there you go. for podcast because it sounds so cool. I'm like, oh my God, i love so to work with you.
3: So <laughs> uh, throw up my cool. Right there. <laughs> Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, Right sure. to the round table, like, finding people's locations.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah really, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: awesome. Um, so how, how can uh, people reach you guys uh, social media-wise? Uh, Dustin?
0: Uh, the best and easiest place to find me is on Facebook, honestly. Uh, I have I have a lot of other social medias, but they aren't really that active. So shoot me a message on Facebook. It's under Dustin Hubbard, and I'm pretty easy to get in touch with.
1: No, you're not a yeah. Twitter guy, are you? Well, you have one, but you don't.
0: Uh, I yeah, I much. have one, but I I don't know. I just I'm I I haven't been feeling it for the last couple of years. So I just haven't used it. I'm a bad tweeter, so. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, but I've been using it a lot more lately. So, what about you, Ted?
3: Yeah. Uh, me, you can find me on Facebook, Ted now It's uh real simple. Uh, I never got into tweeting because I couldn't. I don't like to have like some limited number of characters for anything that I have to say, so (laughs) like I find that too inhibiting. So, so yeah, Facebook is uh, is a way to find me, and um, I'll answer you back.
1: For sure. Nice. (laughs) All right. Uh, Now, do you guys have anything? Any last words to say to your fans or anything, or like your followers uh people who are uh checking you guys out uh i tell.
3: anybody that's still watching my films and especially terror Vision, which is my little orphan baby of a movie that um that really has kind of made me proud over the years you know t- tell your friends if you like that film tell your friends make them watch it get them high and watch <laughs> it uh and uh Other than that, I'm going to be at Chiller Theater. I think we're going to have a reunion if Honest Hove can get out of um, some filming he has to do in Denmark uh, with Denise Duff in April 27th, 28th, and 29th. So come see us if you're in New Jersey area.
1: Nice. Nice. Uh, What about you, Dustin?
0: Uh, You know... Just uh, for the people that have watched stuff, thank you and it's what keeps me going and uh just keep an eye out for future projects, all the stuff I've mentioned, and I'll be at a convention in August, uh August twenty fifth called Tampa Bay Screams. And I guess that we're gonna have the American premiere of like animator there. And ironically I had, you know, shared the image of myself from the the original convention Pages, post, and there was a very tiny, minuscule image of trophy heads on it. Uh, uh, I was a very lowly, lowly producer on that film, and Denise actually commented on it and said, should I come to this? And I commented and said, I wouldn't complain, uh, but that's (laughs) definitely a question for the organizer, and she messaged the organizer, and two days later, she is a guest at Tampa Bay Screams. Wow,
3: that's um, pretty cool.
0: That'll be pretty exciting to yeah. uh, meet her in person. So Yeah, right, congrats.
3: Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah Trophy Heads. I thought that, that actually was one of Charlie's better recent movies, you know.
0: I completely agree. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fantastic. And my favorite part is actually the last 30 minutes with with Denise and Jacqueline LaVelle. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh-huh.
3: <laughs> they were really, really funny, funny there, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, their interplay was very, very hilarious and crazy yeah, clever. it really was. So yeah. <laughs> well, thank you All right. so much.
2: You such a great energy, and I, I just want to say thank you again for coming on our show. And um, oh, thank I'll you. Yeah, to yeah, John, thank you. You know, you day.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. We're we're really Okay,
3: yeah, thanks. It, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. And everybody should
1: go watch Yeah, thank you. Everybody should watch Terror because I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> cool, so. thanks man. There you go. It's a pretty perfect movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you know, right, well,
2: if you don't know these two guys, follow them. They're amazing. Their work is amazing, and they're just doing some great stuff in the horror industry now. And, they're, you know, if you don't know them now, you will know them soon, just saying. <laughs>
1: All right, you guys, thanks a lot. All right, thank, thank you. Thank you guys so much, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, join us uh, next season in the fall. So see you then. Bye, guys. Ah. Yeah.
3: All right, man. All right, you guys, take care. Take care. Okay, bye-bye.